You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Uh, appreciate all the love and support as always. It's been a great time. I took the month of February off to relax and kind of get my head on straight and be ready to interview all these great wrestling or coaching minds. And I have a treat for you right now. Uh, former coach of the Chippewa Hills, was it the, not the, was it the Vikings? Warriors. The Warriors. That makes sense because I coached basically Western Warriors. Mr. Nate Etheridge. Nate, how are you doing today? Doing great, sir. Doing great. Good to have you on. Uh, me and Nate go back uh, when his team, Chip Hills, would come to the Michigan Duels, which is hosted by Basie Western. We were always, you know, trying to get to where we could get to to their consist level of when they were making uh, runs to the team states. And um, I remember when we were going through the process of creating regional reps and things like that, I got to be the Tri-City rep. And you were actually on the Michigan Wrestling Association coaches board if i remember correctly yes sir so. yes sir those are some good days there were some some we had some great matches at michigan duels with y'all y'all uh yeah. up there <laughs> yeah uh really it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because the, the time we finally wrestled you guys that was actually one of my you know the score didn't really indicate how close the duel was we had a lot of close matches in that duel uh, wrestling for third place at Michigan Duels, which was always, I mean, that was the year we took fourth, you guys took third, and uh, Heartland won it and beat Westland John Glenn. So you got four really good teams um, out of the 16. But yeah, I and Cheney, Cheney beat us that year. Our 71 pounder was winning uh, like 14 to three, and we were cutting the kid trying to tech him. And uh, we ended up taking down in the third, and the kid cradled us and pinned us. and actually ended up costing us a number one seed at the state tournament. So um, (laughs) kind of a a great memory from, um, from that year too. Oh yeah. Uh, It makes me think of when we made it in 2014, 2014, the the loss to Westland John Glenn bumped us from like the third seed all the way down to the seventh seed. And we had to wrestle St. John's in the first round team, team States, which we had a pretty good team that year. I think we would have, would have made a considerable run probably to the semis, but. Um, yeah, it is what it, it was nice being there. And, and that was back when it was in Battle Creek. So, yeah, yeah. Battle Creek going way back now. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, Nate, how did you get involved in this great sport of wrestling? I, uh, I went to, uh, you know, a pretty, uh, traditionally solid, um, wrestling community school. I went to Hazel Park back, uh, when, Hazel Park was, uh, was, you know, in the finals a lot. I think we finished second in the state, uh, you know, five or six times in the eighties. And, um, at that time, pretty much every elementary school had a club. So it was one of the few places where, where almost all of the elementaries that we had in Hazel Park, uh, had their own wrestling club and and it just kind of, they did a great job, Bob Morrill and some other people, in Hazel Park just did an amazing job building wrestling there and it just turned into a wrestling community and um I just got pulled in just like I think most of us did a bunch of our friends did it and uh they you know I was played basketball when I was really small and ended up not being very good at that and just kind of got pulled into wrestling and started wrestling at the uh the Webster Gray Wolf uh wrestling club which had some pretty pretty 
well-known members in it. I know the Morgan family, David Morgan, yep. who uh, wrestled at Michigan State, and he's doing a ton of great things in Michigan now. A lot of really good wrestlers come out of Webster, and then it's kind of fed into high school, and, um, and that was that was pretty much it. Had a lot of really good people uh, that, 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 that got a lot of kids that really needed wrestling moving in the right direction. Uh, you know, we weren't all the richest kids. We, we didn't have a lot, and... Um, you know, the people in our buildings, John Green, Frank Stagg, uh, names like that really did a great job of of keeping us uh, who needed a lot of direction moving in the right, right direction, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned that uh, one of my previous podcasts, I believe it was Jamie Smith, uh, the head coach at Frankfurt, that said that wrestling is the kind of sport that people need wrestling more than wrestling needs them. You know, to teach them values and discipline and perseverance, things like that. So it's interesting that you mentioned that and how, you know, the way I've always saw wrestling is that anybody can do it and be successful. It's about how hard you're willing to work. And regardless of what program you're at, you can reach a level, uh, reach your potential if you know what you want and how hard you got to work and, and, and the things that are available to you versus some of the other sports where no matter what you do, it's very difficult to reach your potential in some team sports like a football or basketball. Not knocking those sports at all because they're ultimate team games, but wrestling is one of those where you could be on a program that's not very strong and still have some great individual success. I would even take it another step even more than, you know, you can be a marginal athlete and still be a pretty darn good wrestler. I mean, the good Lord didn't give you, you know, four or five 40 speed you can still be pretty dang good um and i think that is like the ultimate you know the ultimate for all of us is to take somebody that that isn't an unbelievable athlete and through hard work and through perseverance and all those things we talk about end up being you know a really good wrestler so right right well said well said so you wrestled for hazel Park, which was to me, we talked about this a little bit in, in, in the beginning when we were setting up the interview and things like that. Like the East Side and the Lansing area, we had these traditional powers that in the 80s were just always banging heads up until the, the dual meet format, per se. If you look at the top 10 schools, are usually from the East Side, Lansing area, Grand Rapids. You know, you, you name it. They were always battling for, for state titles like that. So what was it like being a part of that tradition-rich program at Hazel Park? It was, uh, part of it was great. And part of it was hard. Um, it was, you know, we were on kind of the back end of it. Um, we had always lost to like a lot of the traditional powers, uh, the first, uh, state duels, uh, Hazel Park lost to Detroit Catholic Central in 1988. And, um, we'd finished second to Temperance Bedford who had won a ton of titles in the eighties. Um, and, you know, coming into the nineties, I'm a nineties guy, we were kind of on the back end of it and we were still really good, but you know, we were, you know, I was part of a, a team that, you know, lost our league for the first time in 20 some years. So we actually took a lot of, um, we took a lot of criticism. Uh, we were, you know, those guys that, 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 that lost it, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, we hadn't lost the SMA and I believe it was like 22 or 23 years. I can't remember off the top of my head now, but, you know, we were the team that, that, that didn't win it. So we were even being successful, you know, like we lost uh, team districts my, I want to say my sophomore year to Warren Lincoln, who at that time had both the Mayer brothers and some really good, really good kids on uh, that had come through that, that Southeast Michigan 
uh, program. And uh, so it was hard because we had been a traditional power and then we kind of, <laughs> kind of were on the tail end of it. 1996 um, before Conflitty got there was the last time they made it uh, to mm-hmm. state. And then when Mike came back, they made it again. I want to say in 06, maybe 06 and 07, yep. they made it back again. So, um, you know, that part was hard. And for me personally, I'm, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, I always, you know, wrestling, I always, I always say probably had the best career for somebody that coached because like, I truly believed that wrestling like harmed me. Like I'm not the same human because of wrestling as much as wrestling did for me. You know, I hated wrestling when my personal career was over. I, I hated it. I, I felt like everything that I was, supposed to do or should have did it just didn't happen for me you know I wasn't the guy that went out and won a state title you know I got hurt a lot in high school I I never accomplished what I thought I should have and I'm not gonna lie I was pretty pretty wounded by it you know I was one of the people that was like you know forget wrestling I'm done with it you know what I mean um mm-hmm. I think everybody at some point in their career has that feeling um right for me for me it was at the end um, and I honestly, I stepped away from it. I went to college. I went to central Michigan and, um, honestly, the most bizarre way I got back in, I was eating wings on a Tuesday night at central Michigan, had nothing to do with wrestling. Didn't even know where my shoes were. Uh-huh. And a guy that I had known that I knew, and he knew I wrestled. I knew he wrestled said, Hey man, you, you know, we need somebody to come work out with our uh you know one of our guys i coach like right down the road and i'm like oh yeah and he said will you come work out with him and i was like oh i don't know man i don't even know if i have my shoes anymore i don't even know where they're at and he's like oh we got shoes or whatever and i went to remus chippewa hills which i had no idea that the school even existed i didn't even know it was a school because like when we were from the metro detroit area like i only knew like oakland county and maybe like bedford and places i'd wrestled um, mm-hmm. and, and I went there and I worked out and I practiced with them until state and it was like regionals in state and a, they had a heavyweight that was, uh, pretty good and a 71 pounder. And then, you know, the next year I was like, I was like, all right, well, well, I might as well coach with you guys. <laughs> and I coached with a guy <laughs> named Steve Goff and, um, he gave me the opportunity and I coached there for, for two years and, uh, Changed my major, ended up going into education, and I have a degree in criminal justice. I thought I was going to be a cop and uh, never used it and went back and got my got my teaching degree. And uh, pretty, pretty wild, actually. I had no thoughts of, of going into coaching at all and, you know, was kind of upset with the way everything happened. So mm-hmm. it was good. It's it's it. mentioned that kind of um... – you know, you you hit that like wall of wrestling where you didn't like it, and and I and I've been there. I, the end of my college career was probably the toughest part because it was the first time I felt like that I had not been successful as as an individual in the sport, and that can be very damaging in some aspects. Um, but at the same time, I think recognizing that and still having the opportunity because most things like I stepped away from wrestling for almost two years. And somehow, some way, I was back in coaching middle school wrestling at the place that I teach at. So it's almost like it's a self-subscribed break to kind of figure out where you're at 
in your life? What do you want to do? And then somebody always offers you the opportunity to, hey, you want to come work out or you want to come watch this? You come watch that. And then it's infectious almost like you, you start to like the kids, you like the people you're around, you like the community. And next thing you know, you spend a lot of time there. I'll be honest. I was, I was lost. I mean, the only thing I ever did my whole life, I didn't, you know, the only thing I ever did was, was play sports. And, and for me, not having it was, I didn't even know, like that was my whole identity, you mm-hmm. know, and um, coming back to it and, you know, was really honestly one of the best things, obviously the best thing that ever happened to me to put me in a position to, you know, do what I've done for the last, you know, 20, since 1998, 1998 mm-hmm. was, uh, my first year at Chip Hills as an assistant. I went back to Hazel park for, uh, one year and, um, coached at Hazel park for one year when we started our family. And then, uh, we went back, back North, I guess. So, and then was it Chip Wiles for 18 years. So, yeah. so uh, tell me about the, so you had some experience being there for a couple of years and then you moved, go to Hayes Park and then come back. What was your thought process when you became the head coach to get Chip Hills to the point where they're competing for state titles? I, honestly, it was, it's crazy. Cause when we, you know, when I came back, I came back and I was, I think I was 22 and they gave me the job. So <laughs> I was so unprepared. Uh, but on the other hand, I thought I was so prepared. Um, right. It was myself, my brother-in-law, Jacob Chapman, and um, and Brandon Rank, who Brandon Rank had, uh, he wrestled at uh, Algonac and was an yep. assistant a long time at Oxford and now at Rochester. And we were just, we were just kids and we, we just went in and did what we thought we were supposed to and thought we were going to be the greatest team on earth and um did some things that would get me fired in five seconds now if I did them um but we didn't know any better and (laughs) I mean it was awesome just being young and you know we got a bunch of kids out and you know there were some some kids there but they hadn't been super successful and you know for us it was about trying to get as many kids as we could into our program and then we had a couple good hires um Kevin Edwards uh Kevin Edwards uh, got hired um, is is a, a graphic arts teacher there, and he'd wrestled at Corona. He's the head coach now at Chip Hills, and we worked together my whole time there. And our head football coach Larry Jose wrestled at Olivet, and so at the same time that you know I was the wrestling coach, our head football coach was a wrestler in college, and I was his defensive coordinator the whole you know for most of the time, fourteen years mm-hmm. that uh, that I was at Chip Hills. So we we had some really, really, really good relationships and we started to get the right people in place. We got a, uh, our youth coach and we got um, Clyde place with our youth coach and then our middle school coach. And then it expanded. And uh, we got a guy named Keith young, whose son wrestled for us that started to travel all the kids around to, you know, we never missed, you know, K K six duels. We never missed middle school state, which they just had last weekend. You know, we yep. never missed youth duels, so we were always trying to travel our kids as much as we could. Uh, and we didn't always right. win, but we just wanted to make sure that those – it really was about people. You know, for for me, it was about getting the right people in place. And once we had that kind of army of people, 
it all just kept everybody moving in the right direction. And I had some really good support. You know, our administration was good to me. They let me, you know, do what I needed to do. And they were on board when I had crazy ideas, you know, like right. they let me do assembly duels. We did hometown heroes meets. We, we did some wild stuff. We moved our wrestling room twice. Uh, they let me make my own building, you know, things like that. So I was blessed with some people that believed in me. And um, that's kind of what, what, what helped it. But we did a really good job of promoting. <laughs> we did a really good job of, uh, of getting our brand out inside our mm. community. And, you know, I think that was the beginning of it right there. It's interesting. You hint on like relationship building, not just not only with the, with the athletes, but with the community as a whole, with your administrators and then uh, branding, which I've heard a lot about how you promote your program and why it's, why your kid why your child should join the program, what they're going to learn from it and, and how it makes them feel. I guess for me, did you ever run into any issues with parents second guessing what your vision was for the program? I think early on, absolutely. And I think you're always going to have people that are going to push back. It's they care about their kids. They love their kids. A lot of them, you know, aren't wrestling people. Um, for me, by the end, everybody, it wasn't even about like me selling it. Our parents sold it. You know, they would almost check the new parents that like, why are we doing this? Well, this is why we do it. Well, why are we going here? Well, this is why we do it. A lot of it at the end never even came to me after we built, you know, that, that family and that um, culture of wrestling. I didn't deal with a lot of the same things I did in the beginning, you yeah. know, getting parents to buy into I mean, you know, you've done this the <laughs> yeah. laundry list of things we ask them to do, their kids to do, their right. family to sacrifice. I mean, you know, it's uh, to be successful in wrestling. You got to it's it's about sacrifice, man. And it's about it's about, you know, and a lot of times sacrificing for the greater good and not necessarily for your own kid. So I think that right. was hard in the beginning for people to understand. You know, I had a coach in high school and you know, it was about team, man. Everything was team and this and that. And that was my background. So we kind of built, we built everything based off of that about the greater good. So mm -hmm. once people realize, and once people realize that you love their kid and care about them, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll give right. you a pass sometimes. Maybe they don't necessarily know why, but if they believe in you and they believe that you, you care about their kid, then, you know, they'll, the pushback isn't quite as, as bad. So, mm -hmm. but to say you're not going to have those battles with parents, I mean, you need to be mentally prepared. I mean, you got to be, the phone's going to ring it at, at bedtime. <laughs> you know, I have five kids, the phone's going to ring at 945 and your wife's going to stare at you and wonder who the hell is that now? You've been on the phone for an hour and 20 minutes. Who else could possibly need something from you? So it, it doesn't matter if you're winning zero duels or winning state titles. You know, people are always going to, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be issues. And uh, it, it, it's just part of the business, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what you, the badge of honor, so to speak, to take on those, those situations and everything else. And being the head guy, the focal point, you're, you're the first person on the list that people want to ask questions to. So it, it makes sense. When you do your schedules and things like that, what was your purpose of scheduling? 
Um, I mean, obviously, you know, over the years, a lot of our scheduling changed as we grew. Uh, you know, for me, being in the north and being kind of in the, I don't want to say in the middle of nowhere, but I mean, Chip Hills was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, I drove by it once. <laughs> you know, we tried to, we tried to always, we tried to hit everywhere. For us, you know, we wanted to make sure if we just stayed local, we couldn't get good enough competition to, to for our kids to be ready to try to win a state title. So sure. we always tried to go, you know, we try to go to the east once. We try to go, you know, into, you know, your area, Bay City, mm-hmm. Saginaw, to hit those yeah. like, Mich- you know, Michigan duels. And we'd also, we try to hit Detroit once a year. We just try to hit as many different places as we could, uh, depending on the teams we had. So, um, it, it really, it really becomes challenging when you're not in an area where you're, you know, it's easy to find good competition near the end. I mean, we went to, you know, Indy, we were going to Indiana, went to Mishawaka, uh, went hmm. to uh, Ohio, wrestled at Oregon clay. We were going out of state by the end to try to get as good a matches as we possibly could. So just depends on the year, depended on the team. Um, mm-hmm. You know how it is. Are we young? Are we old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are we tapped? Are we too raw? Things like that. Yeah, that always, I always try to do the same thing. Try to find, try to hit every area. And um, usually I try to hit like p- teams that we would see in the postseason because that was probably the most difficult part um, is trying to get those teams. Like I would like to see an Oxford or a Rochester before the individual things like that so that was that was always tough difficult but you know it is. so after you leave chip hills you, you move down to the great state of georgia the peach state um and you're coaching coaching down there um have you found any differences between the wrestling uh you know when when we decided when my wife and i decided my wife decided that that she was gonna that she was gonna leave uh chip hills no matter what and um, you know, we had to make a decision of what, you know, I didn't think that I could stay there, you know, and one, I knew I couldn't coach against the guys that I'd known since they were five. So we kind of made the decision, listen, if we're leaving, <laughs> we're going like, yeah. I'm not dealing with ever. I'm never going to snow blow again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm never going to slip and fall on the ice again. So yeah. I wasn't like, really like, I want to move to Georgia. I honestly looked for like the traditionally best wrestling job in the South that was open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wasn't like, Hey, I want to move to Metro Atlanta, you know? Um, <laughs> so it, that's where it landed us. I ended up at Collins Hill, mm-hmm. which uh, Collins Hill had lost to Blair in the final four. They'd been ranked nationally throughout, mm-hmm. you know, the times and um, just kind of ended up in Gwinnett County, Georgia. And, uh, at Collins Hill High School. And, you know, the, the biggest thing people ask me all the time, well, what's the difference between Georgia and Georgia? Georgia's got some really, really high level kids. And if you look at the national rankings, you'll see and see some of our guys that come out of here. I think mm-hmm. it's that next group, you know, yeah. um, the next group is like the kids that are 33 and six here don't necessarily look like the kids that are 33 and six in Michigan. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Right. So right. there's a drop off there, but, but 
I tell you what, Georgia is is um, it is way better than I thought. Like, I think that because we have seven divisions, everybody gets spread out. I'd mm-hmm. like to see if if we were condensed into a four like Michigan, mm-hmm. how much I don't think the difference would be so much. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, we just have so many, so many divisions that everybody gets kind of spread out. Right. So, you know, the biggest things, <laughs> I mean, we could do this for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> the, it, the biggest things are like, you know, differences between how they do state duels, how they do the postseason, you know, mm-hmm. rules down here related. It took a long time. And there's a lot of things that I love about Georgia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I miss Michigan about. You know, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is like dissent. Like the biggest, the biggest thing I can't stand here is we use, you know, if you weigh, let's say you're a 119 pounder and you want to wrestle 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you wrestle in at 123.1. You're not wrestling 19 on Saturday because you're only allowed to you lose, you know, 1.5% of your body weight per week. Right. So let's say you want to wrestle 25. Okay, buddy, you can have the week off of making 19. All right. Well, you need to weigh 119.6. <laughs> so you can mm-hmm. go 19 on Saturday. So it's, uh, and everything gets, <laughs> it's, weird. it's, it's crazy. And it makes like, it makes that so hard trying to figure out everybody's redescent back down to where they are. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah, you have sense. to know exactly what every kid is. So, and on your way down. So let's say you wanted one of your kids to make one twelve, mm-hmm. as they descend to 12, you have to make sure they're all hitting their marks all the way down so they might wrestle 119 but have to weigh that week 113.8 because they're descending Uh so it's um it's rough it's hard i I don't i don't envy anybody anymore because now i'm an assistant Mm -hmm. and the guy i work with who's awesome uh i don't envy having (laughs) to deal with that anymore at all he gets to deal with all that so well, Nate, my last question to you is, and you've kind of covered it a little bit, what is your advice to those young um, aspiring coaches that want to get their, their teeth in the game? What would you tell them? The number one thing for me was getting people around me that I trusted and, and I believed in and that believed in me. I think, I think it's, it's impossible to do alone, and if you do, you're going to get burnout. That was one of the problems I had at Collins Hill is um, – I felt like I was burning at both ends because I didn't have enough people. You know what I mean? I didn't have enough people around me. I didn't have enough help. Um, not that people there weren't great, but at Chip Hills, over time, we were able to, to get people in place that, that it wasn't just me. You right. know, it was an army of people, I think. Um, and that's a process. The other thing is, you can't get frustrated if it doesn't happen overnight. You just got to be mentally tough enough to fight through <laughs> that process. Right. So you get your hires and your people and you get, you're going to get better. You get enough people that are vested in wrestling around you. You're going to get better. You're going to get better. You're going to have more kids in your program. I think, you know, reaching out to other people. There was a lot of people that were really good to me. 
uh, you know, Tom Borelli, I was blessed enough to be right next to Tom. You know, I, I can't tell you how much Central Michigan helped me. Um, and just traveling. And if you don't really love wrestling, then you're probably not going to be, you know, good at it long term. Like, I love wrestling. I love going and I love learning. I love learning from other people. I love picking people's brains, uh, like what we're doing right now, you know, even a longer. And if you don't do that and you don't enjoy that process, it's going to be hard for you. You know, yeah. the other thing is you got to be ready to adapt. You can't be stuck in your ways. Like we talk a lot about, you know, if you ever say this is the way we've always done it you're probably not going to be successful long-term, right. you know, that's, that gets you beat. So, <laughs> but those are my main things. And I, and I, I was blessed enough to be around a lot of great people that helped me and believed in me. And even when I was young and stupid and were patient with me and, uh, and you're going to make mistakes, you're going to mess up, you're gonna make the wrong call. You're going to bump the wrong kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to weigh somebody in at the wrong weight. Um, so just hang in there. You got to be stubborn and you got to be patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I would say is everything has to be the most important thing in the world. Um, if you tell, if you say we're going to wear white socks then everybody's wearing white socks, whatever you say, you know what I mean? It has to be, mm-hmm. there's got to be a reason. This is why we do it. You know, we're going to sprint after matches because of this. We're right. going to do this. We're going to, whatever it is, it has to be important. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to, when your kids believe it's important, they'll usually do it and they'll probably run through a wall for you. And uh, that's, uh, I guess, my last little bit. <laughs> well, thank you, Nate. I appreciate it. Uh, well said again. So I always appreciate the friendship and mentorship over the years. And, uh, Good luck to you the rest of the way and enjoy the rest of that 75 degree weather that you're enjoying in the beautiful state of Georgia. Well, uh, 24 minutes of our uh, talk just now was spent outside by my pool on my uh, picnic table. So <laughs> you don't have to rub it into the people that are listening in Michigan, you know. I told you I was never going to slip on the ice again <laughs> and never going to snow blow. <laughs> well, thank you, Nate. Hey, uh, take care. Appreciate everything. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.